I'm going to just pray, ask for God's direction, and uh, we'll uh, reflect on him tonight. So God, I, I come to you, Lord, thanking you so much by uh, all of us who are, are here tonight, God. We, we are a reflection of your goodness and your grace, God, your mercy through what we think about through this weekend. God, just the amount of mercy that you have shown, the grace you have shown by each of us uh, here this evening. My very own self, God, it's more than I can comprehend. I just want to thank you tonight for that. I want to thank you tonight, God, for the awesome reality we have to be your children through faith in your son Jesus and what he did in accomplishing salvation for us and dying on the cross and rising again. Guide our hearts as we share together from your word tonight. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are the center of what we have in common here tonight. It's in your name we pray. Amen. I want to uh, thank uh, Baptist Church friends for calling Pastor Josh and his family to uh, minister in our community. Um, you know, Pastor Josh, his wife, and his kids have had a ministry to my family, so thank you uh, for calling them. Uh, Pastor Josh is a great man of the Lord, and Appreciate his encouragement, and we look forward to growing in our friendship and ministry to get together. So um, we are going to continue to keep good fellowship uh, in our community amongst all Christians. You guys good with that? Hallelujah, right? Praise the Lord. Um, and I just think uh, uh, the ministry that we have also been able to share in together with you, and I want to say thank you for our Thursday night opportunities to have the Awana ministry with you. And uh, Pastor Josh and his wife do a great job leading there, and um, it's just been a wonderful opportunity. It's strengthening the kids in our community, and it's been a blessing to to my kids as well. So thank you as well for the commitments to, to that ministry. All right, Luke chapter 22, friends, tonight. Uh, my My hope here this evening would be to reflect upon the seriousness of uh, what this weekend is all about, uh, but also I want you to leave here enthusiastic about who Jesus is and uh, what he should mean in each of our lives. Oftentimes, you know, we go through these events uh, year after year, and if we're not careful, it just becomes another Easter, another Easter reflection, or uh, another Monday, Thursday uh, service, uh, Palm Sunday, as we each had uh, uh, our rem- doing our remembrance of the Lord uh, over uh, communion. Uh, you know, some of those things, if we're, if we're not staying in tune with Jesus on a daily basis, it just becomes routine. I just want to encourage you tonight, and how many of us can agree to this, Jesus is for real. Aren't you thankful tonight that we have a real living God who provides a salvation like nothing else the world is, has to offer? And I come to Luke 22, as visiting with pastor, I had... I thought about looking at um, John where in John it's Jesus praying with his disciples and uh, some incredible things that happened there. And I, I actually had worked through some verses, put some information together and was delayed in getting a hold of Pastor Josh because all of a sudden my attention was drawn to Luke 22. And friends, Pastor read the um, verses for us tonight. In verse 7 it says, The day of unleavened bread came 
when the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. How many of us think about that whole concept and, and really digest that when we come into Easter? Uh, before I came over here, I've got uh, kids at home not feeling well. Amanda's not feeling too good. I got just a little something stirring myself. But um, I shared this with them a little bit uh, before I came over here because this, this weekend uh, really had to do a lot with the unleavened bread in the, in the Passover, right? Go all the way back to that Old Testament uh, dynamic with Israel being enslaved. The nation of Israel. The people we hear about and see on the news. These, these real dynamics that exist in our world go all the way back in history past and they're in slavery. Uh, God works over those circumstances with them to bring them out of that bondage and out of that slavery. And if you recall, remember the death angel? And if they didn't uh, take the blood from the lamb that was sacrificed and, and mark their doors, which, by the way, friends, we need, we, there's no confusion. How are people saved in the Old Testament? And how are they saved in the New Testament? It's the same all throughout. It's faith in the reality of who God is and what He has done to deal with our sins. That's what they were doing. When they marked their doorposts back then with that blood of that lamb, they're saying, okay, God, we're, gonna, we're, we're with you. We're following you. We believe, God, in what you're doing here. And anyone who didn't follow him in obedience with what he had put in place, the death angel would uh, bring death to the firstborn, right? So God brings them out of that, and then he, he institutes with them this concept of this Passover, this, this uh, remembrance, this uh, time of feasting that would be uh, significant to the nation of Israel and also a, a symbol to the rest of the world. And then the unleavened bread was as well the, the remembrance that they had when they uh, were freed and delivered and, and began their traveling out of that bondage. And so Jesus, and, and friends, if you don't see it in the New Testament, just look a little bit closer, pay a little more attention to the details. God's timing is amazing. It's not by accident that Jesus came through the Virgin Mary at that specific time in history. It's not by accident, by the way, Jesus, who escaped their grasp three times when they tried to stone him and kill him. He escaped them three times. Why? Because there was an appointed time for him to die. There was an appointed time for him to put everything in place. And it all came down to these specific moments of them reflecting on the unleavened bread and the Passover. What was it? Lamb. The Lamb. I mean, you put yourself in the nation of Israel's shoes. Year after year after year. Centuries. Come and go. Come and go of the same system to remind you and to, uh, and to show you, to show the nation of Israel something has to die to pay for sins. The Lamb. And then we read the prophet Isaiah. What does he tell us in Isaiah 53, verse 7? That there was a lamb that opened not his mouth when he was led to slaughter. I want to just take you through some parallels in this passage because, friends, I saw this uh, clearer than I think I've ever studied it over the last little bit as I've been studying this, friends. Jesus is coming and, and saying to his disciples, I'm desiring this with you. I'm desiring to have, friends, you've got to see it in the context, this last Passover feast with his disciples. And then he says, uh, this one's going to be specific because 
We're now going to go from uh, what you've known in your traditions of the unleavened bread and the Passover to now something new, a new covenant and a more, uh, a more intense reality of what it means to have a lamb a lamb's life sacrificed for sin. And it's going to be Jesus' own. And what does He institute with them? What we just recognized last week, the Lord's Supper. That not the literal lamb anymore, but now in the person of Jesus, the spiritual lamb came and He died literally and He rose again literally. He became the once for all sacrifice for our sins. And friends, we can't miss it tonight. He is the only way to be right with God. We have a lot to be thankful for. A lot to be excited about. There is a lot to humble ourselves under when we think about these things. But friends, this is the truth. What Jesus came to do heading into the cross. He says, I earnestly earnestly desire this with you disciples. What you've known of the Passover in past. Now I give you this bread and I give you this wine now. And we're going to partake of it together as he's sharing this with his disciples. And he says, this is my body which is going to be broken for you. This cup is a symbol of my blood which is going to be shed for you. Unlike everything else you've known with all the previous lambs, this is me, the once for all sacrifice for sins. I ended up looking up some cross-references for it, and I want to give you just three, three things to consider tonight. There's a reason for this lamb. And why is this? Uh, I, I really didn't even mention that at the title, but can you see where, where that comes from? The most important meal of the day. Not this day literally, but of the time period, like day of the circumstances, the most important meal that the disciples and us can reflect upon in the Bible is the reality of what Jesus did when He broke that bread and He shared that juice with them as they were coming right into the time of the Passover lamb. There's a reason. Have we received it? What's our response? I share this with you, friends. Isaiah 53, 6 and 7. If you have your Bibles, you can uh, look at these thoughts uh, with me. And again, it just blows my mind that God would put such specific words together throughout the Bible. Isaiah, some uh, 500 plus years before uh, the reality of Christ came uh, through Mary on earth, prophesied this type of lamb. Isaiah Um, 53 is going to tell us, and some of us have heard these verses many a times, but as we hear them again, uh, let it sink in. It says, He was despised and rejected by men. A man of suffering who knew uh, what sickness was. He was like one people turned away from. He was despised. We didn't value him. Yet he himself bore our sickness. He carried our pains, but we in turn regarded him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted, He was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquity, iniquity being sin. The punishment of our peace was on Him. uh, We are healed by His wounds. We all like sheep have turned away to our own way. Can we admit that tonight? That we're a people stuck in our own way, rooted in sin? That's the first thing in finding salvation in Jesus, right? Is admitting that? That our lives are, are, are messed up because of the sin nature. We're constantly going after our own way. And even in the middle of that, friends, verse 6 says, the Lord has punished Him for the sin of 
of all of us. Verse 7 says, He was oppressed, afflicted. He did not open his mouth like a lamb led to the slaughter, like a sheep silent before his shears. Can you imagine Jesus? I was considering reading through, you know, just look at the highlights of your chapters sometimes. I'm skimming through looking at the highlights of, of Christ as he's nearing the cross, and you know, every one of those has something absolutely awful in it. Even before he, he uh, reached this point, there were horrible things happening. I mean, it was just crazy when you look at that. And so he goes to the cross. And when they're ready to mock him and ridicule him, what's his response? He's able to control his tongue. And I think, you know, there's the authority of God. He didn't own explanation to any of those people, did he? A lamb led to the slaughter. What's the reason for, though? Because the punishment for our sin fell on him. 1 Corinthians 5 7 says, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. If you were to read that verse, it says just a little bit later that that truth, that reality should produce in us an attitude of sincerity and truth. And I know here tonight all of us would agree that's something that we could use more of in our life. And when we think about the reality of who Christ is, if we're believers in Him and what He came to do and sacrificing Himself for the payment of our sins so we could have peace with God, if that's our confession tonight, the more we dwell on that, the more we hope in that, build our strength around that, and in the Word, guess what builds in us? A sincerity for who God is in our lives and a pattern of lifestyle that follows His truth, right? There's reason. Think about the reception of Jesus and are we receiving this truth? And you know, when it comes to uh, an important meal and Jesus instituted the, the bread and the wine with his disciples as a as a constant reminder of of that spiritual issue, our sin. Um, how many of you ever had a meal in front of you and you're thinking, uh, I just don't know. How many of you admit it was the meal you made? <laughs> oh no. I thought it was going to turn out better than what it looks, right? You know. There is a man, John, right? John 1.29 tells us that there was the man, John the Baptist. And way before... Um, each of these events we're reflecting on this weekend, John, uh, he received the reality of Christ. Remember he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away what? The sin of the world. I kept reading a little bit further and I realized you know, this wasn't just something John was speaking about. This was something that was going to define who John was. And you know what he says in verse 34? I have seen... And I have testified that He is the Son of God. Is that us here tonight? Are we those same type of people that here tonight we're saying, yes, that's the Jesus I received. The Jesus who bore the sin of the world. The Lamb, the once for all Lamb. 
And we could even say that He is our Passover Lamb. And John acknowledged that he received it. I have seen and testify that he is the Son of God. And you know, that's humbling to think about. Oftentimes, if you're anything like me, my life isn't showing that. You know, there's times at home, I'm maybe not showing that to my kids, or maybe I'm not showing that to, to my wife. I'm, if I'm not careful, I, I'm not showing that out in the community. But that's my testimony, that I, I receive the authority of Jesus over my life. So it's humbling to think about that. There's great accountability in that. You know, it's going to cost us something, because what happened with John? He acknowledged the Lamb of God. What happened to that man, you remember? Cost him his what? His life, very specifically, being beheaded. I mean, how, how extreme is that? But he received it. Even if it costs us something, friends, the, important, the, the most important meal of the day, centering, centering around Jesus, the Passover lamb, in our receiving of him, may it reflect in our living of him, even if it were to cost us something, just like John, who testified. First Peter 1.19 uh, gives us this phrase about the Lamb. Uh, Jesus being the Lamb says that we're redeemed by Him. We're redeemed, skipping through the, the, the verses in that passage just a little bit. It says, we're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. Specifically, First Peter 1.19 says, like that of a lamb without defect or blemish. And how many of us tonight acknowledge that Jesus wasn't just another good guy? How many of us tonight see the perfection of God on earth in Christ? The God-man, Jesus, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the reality of a tri- triune, uh, the, the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, one God over the Bible. And that reality of God became a man in the person of Jesus Christ. And because of that, friends, He can hold the secret to perfection. Because He Himself was what? Perfect, right? Sinless. A sinless Lamb on the cross. Verse 20 says, He was revealed at the end times. This is all out of 1 Peter 1.19. The Lamb without defect was revealed at the end times and we need to read it as personally as it's meant for you. For me, we can put our names right there. Christ was revealed for each one of us. We can put our names in there. Talking about receiving. And what's our response? And can a guy get a little more excited tonight? Is that all right? I don't want to. We have seen nothing yet. I'm just curious, has anybody read in the book of Revelation in the last month? If you have, go ahead and put your hand up. Okay, so now we know who's reading their Bible and who's not, right? No. Just kidding. But some of you have been reading in Revelation. Now, so I know some of you are reading in other places. That's okay. You know. Now, like Revelation, I think we should read maybe like a verse or two out of Revelation at least once a week. 
You know, like maybe that can be a challenge we all do because there is some amazing stuff in Revelation. If we thought the coming of the king through, uh, so the lady singing your song, awesome, awesome, because it's not just about the, it's not just about even Christ dying on the cross and rising again victorious. You know what we have to look forward to, friends? Isn't the king coming back? He's coming back. As much as we believe He came the first time through Mary, as much as we submit to the authority of Christ and, and everything we know about the, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection, it's, He's not done yet. He's coming back. He has a kingdom He is going to establish for all eternity. There are a number of places in Revelation. I just share this one with you because I was holding on to this one. But a number of them in Revelation talk about our response. If, if we're talking about Christ having this most important meal with his disciples. We reflect on it as often as we do in remembrance of him. And, and uh, in doing so, we have this, this concept of this important meal in front of us and it all being over the Passover lamb, Jesus. Revelation 5.12. It's going to say here, Let's go back to verse 11. That'll bring us into verse 12. Then I looked and I heard a voice, the voice of many angels around the throne, also the living creatures and of the elders. Their number was countless, thousands plus thousands and thousands. We won't get, go into details of what each of those represent, but you get it, right? There's masses, masses of, of uh, whether whether it be angels, and I think it's angels, I think it's going to be believers uh, praising and, and worshiping God. And here's how this comes together in verse 12. And they said with a, okay, I'm getting excited, a loud voice. A loud voice. Some things in the Bible we kind of just read over and said with a loud voice, you know, no, no, no. With a loud voice. And here's what they're saying. To the Lamb. The Lamb who was slaughtered is worthy to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, blessing. They're saying this with a loud voice and I'm realizing, Joe, is that your response to the most important meal that Jesus had with His disciples and what it meant that the once for all Passover Lamb was going to give over Himself to death to pay for my sin. What should my response be? I don't have to wait for the King to come. Do you? We don't have to wait for the King to come to say, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, and, and ascribe to Him all the glory that, that is due Him. Somebody rolls up on your ranch and you're getting ready to maybe, is it seeding time? No? I need some help from some farmers. Is it getting to be seeding time? Working the ground? It's calving time. What are you talking about seeding time, right? If you're out there calving, maybe you're going to be calving this weekend. All of a sudden, somebody rolls down your, your, your lane and, and, oh man, boy, what if they heard you? Worthy is the Lamb! And you're out there. You're, maybe you're just in that moment putting your hands up to God. Man, thank you, God. 
I know we all need those moments and maybe we have those moments and maybe we don't disclose them to each other. But I'm telling you, friends, tonight, is there not a lamb worthy to be praised? And that's what we're here for. Your time, our time here together tonight is all about Him, right? Pastor Josh and I, we have the blessing of fellowshipping with you and you uh, fellowshipping with us and, and all those things together. But when it comes right down to it, friends, tonight's about Jesus. And may our hearts just be in tune with that. Through this weekend, find your times where, where you think about these things. What's the reason about all this anyways? Have we received that for ourselves personally? Have you received the Passover lamb? Don't let tonight get away from you. If you don't know Jesus tonight as your Savior, Josh, Pastor Josh, right? You would love to have somebody come up to you tonight and say, Pastor, I need to talk to you. Receive Him. Don't let another night go. Make Jesus yours. And in your response, if you've come to Him for that salvation, the salvation of the Passover lamb, Let's let it rain. Let His his glory and His praise be known. Father God, I just want to thank You so much for the opportunity to share these thoughts with such great friends tonight. And uh, Lord, we pray that You would lead lead us into this weekend with our thoughts upon You. And once again, God, I want to thank You so much for Your grace and Your mercy. For apart from that, God, we'd still be those wandering sheep. God, even in our times of leaving in You, we still have our times of wandering and Your grace and Your mercy are always there. Romans is no joke. It tells us that grace always abounds. I thank You, God, for being that kind of sacrifice, Jesus, a once-for-all Passover lamb, the most important reality of this last meal that You had with Your disciples. It's for Your name uh, that we're here tonight. And we want to glorify you and give you the praise you deserve. Amen.